and trains and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectacle. What we were trying to say, you got to walk on, walk on, walk on. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wadesword. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 60 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad you joined us for this episode. We have some fun stuff in store for you for episode 60, including a visit from the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. He's my co-host today. He's riding with me. And we have a number of segments coming your way, including what's new. Then we'll hit you with some headlines. We'll hit you with some hero or zero. And then we will take a time out. At the time, I will hear from some DJ Malone, our guest artist for this episode out of Chi-Town. He will have a mix for us. In addition to that, in the second half, we will have birthdays. You Big Dummy, and Wifey Side Piece or Crazy X, and Before I Let Go. So a lot of stuff coming your way this episode. So glad you found us on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud. And as always, want to encourage you guys to support by subscribing, by sharing your comments, reaching out to us on social media, letting us know how you feel, what you like, and what you don't like. And Kevin Allen, it has been a very busy week in the world of sports. We got our brooms out last night, but before we get into the headlines, what's new in your world? I know you partied all night last night with your Golden State Warriors. Talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the life of Kevin Allen. People want to know. Hey, I try to keep that private, man. I can't let too many people in that part of the world. What can you share? Hey, what can you share? Hey, in that part of the world, I, I try to stay a little private with that. I need a little bit of me time. Try to wind down sometimes, stay away from sports just a tad bit. Well, okay. Well, what's new is our girl is going to Belize. Kalina won't be on the episode. She's an international traveler. She's on has a few she, days in Belize. She's so always gone. Must be nice to just enjoy that kind of uh, you know travel. In the last year, she's been to Czechoslovakia and she's been to Belize. She went to Hawaii. She went to well. Germany. Been to Hawaii a couple of times. Her yeah. family's from Hawaii. Right. So yeah, she's a a world traveler. We have to sort of tap into that energy. Of, uh, of the world traveler that she is. Also this week, one of the things, one of my observations, and, and we use the What's New uh, segment to sort of talk about things that just whatever, random things that have nothing to do with sports. Because for the next, better part of the next hour, we'll be talking sports intently. But, we, I, you know, I get a chance to rant and rave a little bit about something other than just sports. What stuck out to me this week, and, you know, my Twitter life is, is on fleek. And, you know, and I don't know, I know you don't know what that means. We, we do our thing on Twitter. <laughs> and I love Twitter, and I have fun, and I'd have upset the militants. But but aside from that, you know what's been bothering me a little bit lately? And not to be a hater, because I, I don't – this person, I really like this person, and I think the person is cool, and I enjoy the majority of his work, but I'm a little bit sick of him. I'm a little bit sick of Kevin Hart. 
So and, yeah, I saw and, you had, had some kind of <laughs> post on that about Kevin Hart. And it's it's not him. It's not personal. I appreciate, but every time watch this. Every time he opens his mouth, it's about how hard he works. It's about how how much he does and how committed he is and he wants to be and that's fine. But let's let's put that thing into perspective a little bit. If you're working three doubles in four days, then you can come talk to me about work. Getting on stage, traveling on first class jets, staying in five star hotels, eating room service with uh, obviously a beautiful family and, and all these wonderful things. Yeah, that's a good life, and that's a you know get on stage and tell jokes and be in all of these shows. It takes a lot of effort. Well, I saw him. Well, he, he ain't working no doubles on he, his feet for eighteen hours. Isn't he doing some some health kick type deal where he does a lot of running and things like that? He's running. He's he's doing commercials. He's doing a game show. He has some, some movies coming out. And I don't knock the hustle. And I'm happy for him. And I hope he makes as much money as he wants to. But this is what I said. I appreciate his hustle, but can he hustle in private for a few months? Just for a few months. Because, you know, we you're overexposed, man. I see you more than I see my own family members. I mean, <laughs> take a break, Kev. We'll let you come back. You don't have to stay gone long. But let me have some time where I say, man, I miss Kevin Hart. And, and I have not been able to say that for years now. And I want to miss Kevin Hart just for a little bit. I mean, it looks like he has a cool movie coming out. You know, I will see it when it comes to, you know, on HBO or, on, you know. You're on, not going to go to movie theater? I, I don't. I'm like you in that. I don't go to a lot of movies. Nah. But I won't go to the movies to see that. Primarily because, you know, people on their phones, they talk too much. People up and down throughout. It's it's too many variables that I can't control. Well, Kevin Hart's trying to stay relevant. He's got to oh, stay in the Oh, he's super relevant. Oh, he's, yeah. He's relevant on 12, okay? <laughs> so, no, 12. all I'm saying is, can you just take a little bit of a vacation you know, spend all that money you making, and again, not knocking the hustle. Good for him, but I'm over. I'm too much Kevin Hart. I'm old in on Kevin Hart, and we need a break. I mean, if I can't watch the NBA Finals without seeing a commercial for you, without seeing an endorsement or a upcoming show, or upcoming movie. Let me. Can I enjoy my NBA Finals, please? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's you know that's a little bit of a thing. Other thing. The Pusha T. Drake thing has been a hot-button issue in certain circles as well because Jay Prince, our very own in H-Town, our very own Jay Prince, hey, he called the truth. He said he didn't want Drake to respond to Pusha T. And and a lot of people are saying, whoa, and you, know, you had to go to Jay Prince to bail you out. Well, let me say something. I will say this about our respected Houstonian Jay Prince. If he says something, that's, that's, that needs to be how it goes because you don't want it to go the other way. I know you've had, you know, Jay Prince, and you know his reputation and what a serious-minded person he is and how he's a person uh, of his word. If I'm pushing T, I'll be checking the brakes now, on my car. <laughs> now, I, you know, I'm I'm a little slow. I, I've, I've been, it's been out there a little bit to push T and Drake deal. But what started this deal? Was it a... I think initially Pusha T said something, and then Drake came back hard, and then Pusha T came back and knocked out. He put the KO on Drake, and that was a surprise for many people. A lot of people were waiting for Drake's response, and Jay Prince says, no, nah, we're not going to get in the pig pen with Pusha T. But then he they went get into it? Well, I mean, I don't think they had a physical. Not, not that. But no, 
Yeah, I mean the beef was real. He talked. He talked about Drake's mother. He talked about Drake's have uh, having a uh, Drake having a, a stripper for a baby mama and not really claiming his kid. Yeah, I did. It see was that. brutal. It was personal. It was something that. Yeah, if I see you, we, 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 I might have to put hands on you. You know, I can't. I, I don't know if I can let you make it on that. But Jay Prince did the prudent thing by saying Drake don't respond. So Drake is just going to, have to ride with that L. He took an L on this one because we know in the history of hip hop, the the rap beefs uh, it's a part of promoting and and pushing people to get better. Going back, you know, all the way back to Cool Modi and. All the stuff that went on at, in the early stages of hip hop, it's the latest installment of this kind of thing. But uh, I'm disappointed. I want to hear Drake's response. Um, but he took a L for sure. But if Jay Prince says it's over, it, it's over. Yeah, you, you, what you know well, about think, Jay Prince? I think, well, I think Pusha T is still pushing it, right? Then they come out some type of diss track. And since Jay Prince called truce, I don't think it's going to be any more. To that, what what do you know about Jay Prince? I don't know much about him. I hear you know some things about him, but there's some great things out in the community or whatever. But <laughs> hey, good 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 yeah. guy. And, Nothing and, bad uh, about Jay Prince on this podcast. No, not not with that guy. I mean, does a lot in the community. Gets out there and does some things, and he's out in the music world and, and, and stuff like that. And Drake's one of his there main guys. Go. There so you go. I like the kinda, way you're doing that, man. What do you mean? Being, being very polite, very very civil. Hey, I'm that kind of guy. Yeah, so I'm that kind of guy. Well, let's shift kids. Uh, no more Jay Prince talk. Let's get into some headlines. What a lot going on in the world of sports. First and foremost, I want to say uh, send prayers out to Houston Texans uh, defensive back Andre Howe. This week diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and uh, he'll be treated in the best place in the entire world to be treated for cancer. MD Anderson here in Houston. Both of my parents who had passed away from cancer uh, were treated there, and although they didn't, they didn't live through it. They certainly did get really good. Well, actually, my father went through MD Anderson more than my mother did, but in, in our dealings as a family with MD Anderson, tremendous folks there do tremendous work. So no one, you you don't want anyone to ever get cancer. But if you have to have cancer, the, the best place in the world to be is Houston for your cancer treatment. The entire Houston Texans organization is supporting him. And uh, Bob McNair is going to back him in any way that he can. Quisenberry, Dan Qu- uh, Quisenberry, yeah. a, uh, a Texan, also a right. former Texan. I think he's in the front office now. Oh, he's working for the organization in some capacity. Uh, he had a battle with cancer as well. So tough break for Mr. Andre Howe. But the survival rate for those with Hodgkins is 90% at the five-year mark. So uh, very optimistic that he'll get through that. Sloan Stevens loses in the French Open final. Congratulations to the Washington Capitals. They win the Stanley Cup, and we talked about brothels. I don't. I guess the Las Vegas Knights don't get an opportunity to take advantage of the brothels, and we're still waiting to hear which brothel wants to host us uh, for a podcast. Now that was Kalina's idea, well, not our idea, but if you listen to episode fifty-nine, uh, her idea was, hey, have a brothel host us. For a podcast, it's strictly an innocent endeavor, but yeah, yeah. So we're yeah, still right. waiting, but because we know that Las Vegas Knights, who reached the Stanley Cup in their very first year of existence, uh, they won't be able to take advantage of that. But congratulations to the Washington Capitals. I don't know if you saw the visual 
But the fans went crazy over hockey. Now, we down south, we're not much in the, not in the hockey it. game. Yeah, we're right. not much into the hockey game. But it's the fourth most popular sport in the United States. Let's say it's the fourth most popular sport. I behind. went to a game with Houston Arrows. Have you ever went to one of the games? I went to an Arrows game? game, and what I was told was that watching the Arrows versus the NHL is like watching a go-kart versus a NASCAR vehicle. Like, once you get to the NHL level, it's so fast. The guys are so skilled. It's unbelievable. It's something that you have to see. Never seen an NHL game. I may have to make my way up to Dallas or something to see an NHL Go watch game. one. Yeah. Well, you got to say in person. They said it's a lot different as well. So. Yeah, it, it really is. I went at a younger age, and, man, it, it's it's something how those you guys started, the, You talking about the first version of the Houston Arrows with Gordy Howe? With Gordy Howe. Oh, that's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I say. I went, but we haven't had hockey here. Well, in, we had the years. minor league Arrows that yeah, came back. Yeah, I went to one of those games. It was fun. Yeah. A lot of beer drinking. It was a whole lot of fun. You know what I'm saying? That that doesn't fit me. Yeah, well, they got Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if they have Hennessy. But you're going to ask if they have Hennessy if we never get a minor league hockey team again. Well, let's get into it. Now, when you talk about headlines, the biggest headline, the sweep took place. You had a chance to gloat on the Houston show this morning. Go ahead. Here's your opportunity to gloat. You went on your big rant last week, and people are like, what in the hell got into Kevin? I don't know what happened to you last week. What What was it, man? Did you take your vitamins? Did you What, what did you do? Did you drink coffee? Because you're not a coffee drinker. You were on one last week. What was up last week, man, with that rant? Because you gave the Houston Rockets the blues. Daryl Morey called and said, hey, I'm going to call Jay Prince to get Kevin off of us. Well, the thing is, is, is that I hear a lot of people, they, they were complaining about the calls that the Rockets did not receive and then the deal about if Chris Paul was there with the Rockets and being healthy, the outcome would have been different. But I'm saying, hey, with Andre Iguodala out, I think the outcome would have still been the same, but he missed four games as opposed to the, the couple of games that Chris Paul had. And they're saying, well, Andre Iguodala doesn't matter. He's not a star, but Andre Iguodala is a huge part of what they do. Of what they do. But let's do. get to the championship. So they win yeah. the championship. They sweep LeBron, humiliated LeBron. And we're gonna we got a lot more LeBron talk this episode, I promise you. But just your thoughts on the sweep, the place in history for Golden State. I mean, to me, again, you're not among the elite of the elite yet because of the way the really the, the Western Conference final went and just the personalities on this team. It will be hard. I'll be hard pressed to pick them to defeat. And now, again, you talk about a skill set that's so specialized. How do you see them? Well, I, I still see them winning a few more championships down the road when I look at these guys. Right now, they're just really hitting their prime. And I think they still have a few more championships left in the tank. I mean, they're, they're not any older guys, and they're going to have some, you know, older guys retire. The injury bug hits them, but they come back from them. And like I told you during the year, I think they got bored a little bit. Cause they and go what back does that and say about that. the NBA season, man? That it's just when a team can get bored. How does the how do you do it? The, does the NBA fan base not get bored? Well, with those guys, those guys are so talented, and you know how you tell some people sometimes, hey, you can't turn it on and off. Well, those guys can turn the switch on and off at in the will. course of a game. Yeah. So with them being able to do that, and they're so loaded, the skill set is really high, then it's tough to beat because they have, it looks like almost a perfect match 
how they have it. A lot of offense. They do play defense. And what's so wonderful to watch, they share the basketball with each other. Well, we're going to get into some LeBron talk because, I mean, on a lot of different levels because that is what dominated, even more so than him winning the game, the talk about LeBron dominated. And that that's getting a bit old as well. But we'll get more into that. Also, uh, President Trump disinvited the Philadelphia Eagles to the White House, which they weren't coming anyway. It's just a, a thing. Now it's – I guarantee you the Washington Capitals will go to the White House the NBA is not already – they said they didn't want to go and they right. won't be invited. Right. It, it's really a, almost going down racial lines when you look at who's invited, who's not invited, who wants to go, who doesn't want to go. The Astros here, our own Houston Astros, they went to the White House. What are your thoughts on that entire thing? Because, you know, to me it's just – it's a further proof that he is really sticking it to the NFL and he's forcing people – to make a decision on whether or not they want to support the league based on racial and political issues. Well, as far as those type of things with the president uninviting the professional teams, to me, it's, it's, it's no big deal to me anyway, going to the White House, you know, meeting the president, especially 45, you wouldn't want to go and meet him. But some of the other presidents, Barack Obama and maybe even George Bush, those guys, when they were in office, you would want to go there and kind of, Rub shoulders Wait, it's with never them. been a political thing. It's always been just a photo op, a handshake. Even going back to Reagan, he's the one that really started that. It's just a photo op. It's a fun thing. It's apolitical. It's not political at all. And now you, you know, now it's turned into something. I don't know that it could ever go back. I'm not sure. Can I mean, it go back after 45 leaves? I mean, yeah, they'll they'll go back to the White House. I mean, it's it's a privilege to get to go there and tour around and look at look at some things and a piece of history that's around you at the time with 45 in there that those guys are not interested in going and I don't blame them. And, and also on that same front, Trump turns around and asks NFL players who he's been blasting called son of a bitches and everything else. He's turned around and asked him, say, well, Hey, give me some names of some people that, you know, you would like for me to pardon. It's just all the political ploy, man. What are your thoughts on should How should the players in the NFL respond to that? I hear him, and then I don't hear. Hey, because, yeah, again, you know, he's 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 trying to go after the folks that he feels like can be swayed by these right. symbolic things like letting the Johnson lady out and pardoning Jack Johnson and appealing to Kim Kardashian. Uh, it seems like he's doing a, trying to do a, enough to just – Say, hey, look, I'm listening. Look at me. I may even pardon Ali, to which the Ali people say, well, A, we don't need it. B, we didn't appeal to you. C, leave us out of this. It looks like he's just doing this to sway a certain segment of society or, or the black community, really. I think he's trying to sway over to get some of those black voters back, get them over to his side. Hey, well, he, he's pardoning this guy and that guy, but... Jack John has left us years and years ago, you know. And now right, he's he been dead. He don't yeah, care one way or the other. Yeah, and now you want to talking about Muhammad Ali, but that doesn't move us either. No, Ali is yeah transcends whatever he's talking about. And again, hit the sacrifice he made. You can't give him those years back. And then I don't think that he would want him because it it added to his legacy and, right. and and to the aura of who he became as a man and a world ambassador. So. I think it, uh, although it hurt him in the short term, the sacrifice he made for those years out of the ring solidified him as a uh, humanitarian down the road. Let's get into the T.O. thing. Now, I have, I really have been surprised by this. 
Now, let me set the stage. Tara Owens. Let, let's talk about Tara Owens because here's the deal with Tara Owens. I don't know that there was anybody in the media that defended his foolishness more than I have through the years. Do you remember years and years ago, I was team T.O. in almost every situation. No matter what he did, I had T.O.'s back. You know, that was just a thing. It became a bit on our Houston show where everybody was like, oh, there you talking about T.O., T.O., T.O. I was a T.O. guy. You remember that? Yeah, I could forget. You, you know, that's that's your dude. That's my dude. So I come out. He comes out this week and says he is not going to the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies when he's to be inducted into the hallowed halls of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I came out and said, look, you know what? I've always had his back, but he should reconsider. He should get over it, whatever your beef is, and just go. Man, I was not prepared for everybody coming at me like, well, hey, I had cats on Twitter responding like he shouldn't have to go to man this, you know, seeking the approval of the white man. And it turned into a whole racial thing that just blew me away how viscerally upset people are about this when you're not really understand. It's everybody's making this an adversarial situation. It's not that. What this is, is, and let me explain something. I went when Strahan got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that weekend is so about football and the love of the game and the love of these mythical heroes that have been invited to be a part of the Hall of Fame. Did he get in on the first ballot? No. Should he have gotten in on the second ballot? I think so. But understand this, only five people get in a year. Do you know that only seven wide receivers have gone in on first ballot? Only seven. If you think about it, it's 27 or 28 guys that are wide receivers. 27 or 28 wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. Only seven of them have gotten in on the first ballot. You know how long the Tim Brown had to wait? Or Chris Carter? Andre Reed? All, any receiver you know other than Raymond Berry, Lance Allworth, Paul Warfield, Steve Lodge, and Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. Any other receiver you can think of in the Hall of Fame, including Michael Irvin and whoever you can think of, did not get in on the first ballot. Now, it's been an issue with wide receivers for a long time because the game has changed. So now the numbers that were big in the 70s are irrelevant because you got guys in running shoot offenses and spread offenses and wide open seven-on-seven type offenses that are putting up remarkable numbers. You know who should be upset? Isaac Bruce should be upset. Torrey Holt. Those guys may not get in. I think Isaac Bruce will get in. I think maybe Torrey Holt will get in. But they're going to have to wait a long time before they're able to get into the Hall of Fame. Not to mention guys like Andre Johnson. I think people don't understand, and they think that he's the only one that's been isolated and sought out. Him not going, it's not about seeking approval of the owners. They are a group of writers, pro football writers of America, and they come in. Mostly those are the guys that determine who gets in the Hall and who doesn't. So these guys come together, and they have an advocate for each person, and they present a case for that person. Okay, so whether that person gets in, you have to have a certain percentage of votes to get in. Again, only five people can get in. This is the process. So he didn't get in on the first. And a lot of it has to do with media bias against him. I agree with that. But now that you're in, the fight is over, T.O. It's over. One of the emotional days for me in sports. I have, and, and I have to say, maybe I'm an old softy. But I get emotional two days in sports more than any other. When I, the draft, when you see these kids and their families get drafted and you know that that's generational wealth being produced and the end of this long journey just to get to pro sports to make the means of dollars to help your family, 
and you see the mother who struggled, the single parent with a bunch of kids, and this one kid made it. Or you see the parents that poured everything, all their resources into this, helping this kid accomplish his dreams, and then that dream comes true. Those days get to be emotional because you're seeing families live the literally the American dream right before your eyes. They're becoming millionaires. If you draft in the first round, you're a millionaire in, in all of the pro sports. When you see that happen, it's an emotional thing. The other thing is the Hall of Fame. I remember Claude Humphreys. Claude Humphreys, uh, the year that I went, he waited a long, long time to get in. He said that his wife would lobby to try to help him get into the Hall of Fame. She died right before he was notified that he got in the Hall of Fame. This is what he said. He said that every year my wife would try to campaign, and every year when I wasn't nominated to go into the Hall, he said we would get together and we would cry and do the things that we would mourn together because it was something that he really cherished and felt like he wanted for himself and his legacy. And when you hear those kinds of stories and when you hear guys thank their parents for their sacrifice, you hear what, you know, straight hands, father making the decision to send him back by himself so he could play football in America. When you, you know, his dad was in Germany and, and, and when you, and he came to live with his uncle here in Houston. When you hear the stories of all of the sacrifice, this is his opportunity to thank the people in his life, his grandmother, his, any coaches that helped him, any mentors. And it's his time. When he gets up to give his speech, he can say anything that he wants. Instead, he's not going because he's in his feelings. Now, again, he has the right to not go if he doesn't want to go. But if you, and, and, and people say, if they didn't want him in, hey, why he need to seek their approval? Well, he wanted their approval. This is the same guy that when he didn't get elected the first two years, got a gold jacket made with all of his stats on the back of the jacket. He's already went to check on the bust that will be in the Hall of Fame. So you are actively a part of this. So you wanted the approval. You wanted the validation of being a Hall of Famer. But now you don't want to go? So while people are getting angry, it's not a black-white thing. It's not an owners versus. The owners have nothing to do with the Hall of Fame process. I don't. I just don't understand. I think he's the Kanye West of football, and I said that on Twitter. He's like Kanye. This is crazy, man. Look, this is your time. You're not hurting them. You're making the ceremony shorter. And I guarantee you on that day, people won't be talking about T.O. He has the right to do what he wants to do. But this is this is a golden opportunity for his fans to thank his fans. Yeah, while he's concentrated on the people he thinks slighted him, there are millions of people out there who rooted for this guy every Sunday and rooted for him in life, not just on the football field. I'm a, a T.O. fan. I like the way he was. He was a emotional guy. He was uh, flamboyant. He said what he wanted to say. He was misguided a lot of times, but I still had his back. There are a lot of T.O. fans out there that want to see this guy succeed and celebrate this. Because once you're in, man, look, the most moving thing that I've been a part of, the night before the induction ceremonies, they have a the, the jacket ceremony. Now, they just started putting this on television. But in this room, they introduce every living Hall of Famer, and mostly all of them come back. So think about this, and you're not a football guy, but everybody you ever loved is in that room. Earl Campbell in that room. Franco Harris, Jim Brown, Jim Kelly, Michael Irvin, anybody that you can name that you grew up loving is in this room. Old timers, man. Gail says it's an incredible, incredible thing, man. And so from that standpoint, I just think that he's really missing out on a very, very special weekend when it's really about him. And the people of Canton do a tremendous job of making those guys feel loved and welcomed. And that's another home 
for you that you can always go back to and generations from now they can celebrate the legacy of T.O. What are your thoughts? My thoughts on that part of it is that it, it doesn't surprise me with Terrell Owens because his whole football career, he this is typical T.O. He has to make a scene, I'm sorry about that, a spectacle of himself. Pretty much if he doesn't get his way, he pouts like a kid until he can he figure out he can get it. Looks like when he was playing, he was a bad teammate. Which it, I disagree it took with. A, it, it, it took him a while to get him in, which, I mean, everybody's a little bit different. I would be fine with it if I, I finally got an opportunity to get into the hall, like yeah. you say, with a lot of other you know people how many that guys you grew up with. 15, 20 years to get in? So now he, he he's pouting again. It's, like I say, it's just typical T.O., and it, it, and it doesn't surprise me. Not one bit. Well, like I said, again, the only adversary in this situation is T.O. versus himself. So while, you know, the, the the nation is after me and giving me the blues about this, it's not seeking approval of the man. This is about being amongst your peers and, and doing something that you dreamed of. Everybody that played the game of football wanted to go to the Hall of Fame or wanted to win a Super Bowl. If you get to the league, your dream still is to go to the Hall of Fame. And if you didn't care from the beginning, I get it. If you never cared, all you wanted was the money. And that guy's like that. Yep. That guy's like that. I don't care about none of that. Just give me my money. Think about guys like, I don't know, Edron James or or even Ricky Williams to an extent. You don't care. I mean, you like doing what you, you love the game. You want to get your money. And you don't care about the rest of that stuff. That player who legitimately right. fit, he's not one of those guys. And so if he was like that from the beginning, I would say, well, hey, he ain't never gave a damn, so why give a damn now? If you don't want their approval, don't want their approval. But you're really hurting yourself and you're hurting your fans because this is an opportunity to give a speech of your life. Right. It's, it's really like a living funeral is what it is because you're putting the rest and completing and putting closure on this part of your life where you spend a lot, the majority of your life, dedicated to trying to be a good football player. So uh, that's unfortunate, but, hey, so it goes. With that, want to go to a segment that we call Hero, hero. or Zero. Drop that zero. This is why I give Kev a couple choices. You tell me if the situation, player, or scenario is a hero or a zero. LeBron James, if he chooses to leave Cleveland, Kev, is he a hero or a zero? Zero. Drop that zero. LeBron has done this before. Again, typical LeBron. Once it stuff starts going bad, he has to jump ship, and he's going to go to the team with the most all-stars or whatever and come in and try to control that basketball club and try to chase championships that way. I'm not big on that, but if he leaves, I'm I'm looking at him as a zero. In this situation, I think it was a zero move to leave the first time. In this situation, I don't think you can call him a hero. So if you can't call him a hero for leaving, although the case can be made that he's a hero because he delivered a championship and now he's on his way, yep. I will lean towards a zero move. Drop that zero. I think at this point, you let me let me preface all this because people say, well, he can do what he wants to do. That's a given. The young man can live wherever he wants to live. He can play wherever he wants to live. It's totally his decision. But in this vacuum of sports, this is our playground, and this is how we have fun talking about and celebrating sports. So I, I would think it would be a hero move to stay. Now, you set the stage. You kind of ran Kyrie out of there, and you kind of handpicked the guys to a varying extent that you are playing with. So if that's the situation, to leave now, and let me ask you this, Kevin, and this, is, this goes back to a conversation we had earlier on LeBron. 
I said when all of this went down and Kyrie wanted to go leave, I said I would have kept Kyrie and I would have tried to trade LeBron with his permission to wherever he wanted to go to try to get assets. In retrospect, to me, if he leaves, that still would have been the move to make. You keep Kyrie, now you have a bona fide star that you can try to build around and whatever assets LeBron would have gotten you, yeah, you wouldn't have made it to the NBA Finals this year, probably not, but you would have been set up for success. As it stands, now you lose Kyrie and LeBron. What do you think about that decision now if he does, in fact, leave? Well, at least they tried to uh, and make an attempt to get something for Kyrie. I understood. Would you, go, in retrospect, would you have kept Kyrie and got rid of LeBron, or would you have kept LeBron and got rid of Kyrie? Well, I think people caught up with LeBron, and, and with that, they're sold that he'll, he'll get them a championship. I understand why they're looking at it that way, but Kyrie, I mean, that, that's my dude. It was time for him to go because he has to start building on his own. But I'm saying, if now. you were Cleveland, with, and mean, knowing that LeBron is about maybe about to leave, I actually think that he'll stay. I think that he will, because I, I, I don't see a good fit for him anywhere. I don't see a, a real good fit for him anywhere. I don't think a Philadelphia is a good fit, and we'll talk more about that. But I just, if you were the GM in Cleveland, what would you have done? Would you? I mean, I mean, it, it, it's tough to say because when you got a scorned guy right there. You don't know what the relationship is going to be for those two out on the court. I'm not so. saying if you if you had to get rid of one, knowing that you're going to lose both now, would you have done it differently or would you have been satisfied getting back to the NBA championship? I think, I mean, they're satisfied with getting back to the NBA finals. Me, I mean, I don't know because LeBron, he's that dude now, and it's hard to re- kind of replace him if he leaves and – I don't know if Kyrie would be able to shoulder what LeBron did with that particular team. But then again, you never he know. He would have had a different team, though. If you get assets for LeBron, say if you trade him to uh, – maybe you had to, uh, some of those guys off of the Lakers. If you traded him to L.A. Or if you traded him to another team, you would have had assets to go with Kyrie. As it stands, you have George Hill, Clarkson, Nance, J.R. Smith, Kyle Corbin, who had one bucket in the NBA Finals. Your cupboard is if he leaves. But it, it, it's tough. You you got to figure that out because I think LeBron did a great job of, of leading those guys. I think it would have been a little bit tougher for Kyrie as far as leading those guys. But then again, on the flip side, you never know because You don't what know what did. you could have gotten for yeah, him. Yeah, so that's a little bit tough. And LeBron with that no-trade contract. He would have had to have approved of whatever the deal was. But right. Again. And with that in there, it's a little bit tough to move him because he wants to control the narrative. So it's a little bit tough with him. Okay. Next up in Hero Zero, because we got off the beaten track, and that's on me. The Houston Rockets, a lot of fans, a lot of people, in, even in the organization, feel like if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, they would have won the the NBA championship. Is that a hero belief or a zero belief? That's a zero belief. Drop that and the reason I say zero belief is what I shared with you because no one's saying anything about Andre Iguodala being out. And I think they were up 2-1 when Andre went out. For him to miss the remainder of the series, Golden State, I mean, it, it shows you how strong that they are. But with Chris Paul, the Rockets needed him. But I wouldn't just say it's a guarantee if he was there, they would win because Andre Iguodala brings so much to that Golden State Warrior lineup. You know, I don't know. I think it's fun or painful, depending on your perspective, to think that you could have won the NBA championship. Because I do think whoever won the West would have won the NBA championship. And if you would have had Chris Paul, 
you know, I don't know. I, I, it's a tough, tough thing. I think it's one of those things that will be talked about in Houston for years to come to say, man, if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, we won, We would have won a championship. But I would say this. That's a, a zero move because, again, like you said, Andre Iguodala was out. And not only that, you had to get it done. And they didn't get it done. Um, I think that he could have really helped them in the situation, but you can't worry about that. One, and that's a part of the game, unfortunately. Uh, and there's a lot of conversations to be had about if somebody was there. I mean, you can go back to Golden State. If Draymond Green doesn't get suspended, they wouldn't have lost to Cleveland yet they lost in the NBA Finals. So, right, right. so from that standpoint, finally in zero or hero, LeBron injures his hand after game one. It's revealed after the NBA Finals. Is this a hero move for him to go out and perform the way he did despite the injury, or is it a zero move because, hey, you why are you punching bulletin boards or whatever he punched to hurt his hand? Yeah, and I'm not sure what he hit. I think he said some was it a board or but whatever yeah, so I think hit. a chalkboard or yeah, something. I don't know. Because of the frustration that he had in game one by not getting calls and things like that. But and I, the J.R. Smith movie, I think that's what it, what it really was about, if you ask me. Yeah, and then not being able to control your temper like that, you, you, you just lose it. I think that's a zero on LeBron's part. Drop that but zero. I also, I give him a zero for bringing it up <laughs> last <laughs> night in the press conference because now he, he's throwing an excuse out, out there to as to why they didn't pull this thing off. Well, you know what? A lot of gamblers are, are angry about that, I would imagine. They would have bet a lot different. But I will say this. I understand human emotion, and I get it. It was a hero move that he performed the way he did. I after uh, being injured like that, well, you know, in the heat of the moment, you've seen guys throw coolers. You've seen guys we, with the guy here in Houston uh, at the bullpen slapped himself, punched himself. And so I, I get the emotion of the frustration. But if he got injured punching something, it should have been J.R. Smith. <laughs> Why are you riding J.R., man? I, you are the only person in the world that defended J.R. Smith. And I, a lot of people are like, what in the world was Kevin on defending J.R. Smith? Why they, why you why you on JR? Because of him losing game one. So again, there you have it. You have to answer, and that's the one thing about the podcast. On the live show, I don't think there's a recorded version of it. You can say things and we can forget about them. On the podcast, we can go back and forever listen to episode 59 and hear you take the blame off of J.R. Smith. If you have not heard episode 59, go back and then Tell Kevin how you feel about that opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know how, in regards to my opinion, in regards to J.R. Smith. But the only thing that I was saying in that situation is you have to let everybody know what's there. That's the coaches. Oh, I know what you see. You know, so you have to, to let them know, hey, one time I left. Hey, if he make it, hey, call timeout so we can. You know, you got all kind of stuff going on that those coaches never relayed out to those well, players. Well, we don't know that either. In any case. Uh, with that, that'll wrap up the first half of the show. When we come back, Wifey, Side Piece of Crazy X will have birthdays and we'll have the Lamont Award, You Big Dummy, and the Before I Let Go segment. So all that's coming up in the second half. I want to give you a word from our sponsor, Cobank Homes. That's the guy if you are buying a home in the greater Houston area. If you have any real estate questions at all, no matter where you are, Give Cobank Homes and Kofi Bank us a call. Information on him coming up. And we have our featured artist, DJ Malone, with a mix for us. 
out of Chi-Town. Man, we love DJ Malone. Uh, nothing but positive feedback for DJ Malone. But that's coming up uh, right now. And then the second half of episode 60 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Get podcast. off of J.R. Smith, man. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. Salut! Je n'ai aucune idée de la raison pour laquelle Devan m'a demandé de faire ça, surtout que la majorité d'entre vous n'ont pas la moindre idée de ce que je dis. Mais bon, j'adore écouter Kalina, le Silver Fox et Devan sur le podcast de Sports Talk Devan Wade. A plus! Welcome back to episode 60 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And now, Kev, oh, hey, man, how you like that DJ Malone? Isn't that, but that's that's nice. How, how do y'all just say that's dope? <laughs> I don't that's, think they even say dope that's anymore. Dope. But that, that's dope. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> we need to work on your terminology. Hey, man, I'm more. trying, man. You hey, trying, I'm man. You, you've, got, you've gotten yeah, all the way back up. You got into the 80s now. Uh, so we only got 30 more years to catch up. So <laughs> my man oh, said, yeah, man. that's dope. That's dope, man. Yeah, well, we, dope. we got to the early 90s, I yeah, guess. I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm, you, you're getting it. I'm in that thing, man. In about 30 years, you'll be back up to 28. That's hot. That's hot. Let me do it that way. Now we're coming up to a segment that we call Wifey, Wifey. Side Piece, Side piece. or Crazy X. This is why I give Kevin three situations, three teams, three scenarios, and he tells me which one he's wifing up, who's the side piece, <laughs> And who is the crazy ex? Okay, LeBron has some choice. Let's say he chooses to leave Cleveland. Where will he land? Houston, Philadelphia, or Los Angeles? Wifey, side piece, or crazy ex? Who are you wifing in that scenario? Houston. You think that that is the, the, the best fit for him? I mean, because of the relationship that he has with Chris Paul. I, what you going to do with that was- James Harden guy? They're going to try to figure it out. I think with Chris Paul and James Harden being ball dominant, and now you bring another guy in that's ball dominant, that's going to be really tough. I think Mike D'Antoni did a great job with James Harden and, and, and Chris Paul in sharing that basketball, taking one out, letting one control it, and removing the other one, let them let Chris Paul have a long stand in. I think he did a great job there on that offensive side. But now if you bring LeBron in, that's going to be a little tough. I think I was wrong last year because I said I didn't think that I didn't it, would think work. it would work. Either. But it, it ended up working out fairly well. But bringing that third one in now, if he can show me that work, oh, man, he has the master re- recipe. 
All right. Well, who's your side piece in that situation, Philadelphia or the Lakers? Philly. That's going to be the side piece because of the parts that you have with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Then you have that that marksman, that sharpshooter, and, and my man J.J. Redick that, you know, LeBron always likes where he can drive and kick, and that guy knocks down those shots like that. So that's the side piece. And your crazy ex, the Los Angeles Lakers? That's going to be the Lakers. That Lakers doesn't have anything that I say that he could work with, that he feels that he has a chance at uh, winning another championship with. So that's why I picked the Lakers there. I'm going to go directly opposite of you. I think I would wife up the Lakers because if he goes to the Lakers, he can really make the team like he wants to. He can bring somebody with him. You have some young talent on that team. Although I wouldn't want to go up against Golden State in the Western Conference. I don't think he ultimately does either. But I think that that would be a fit where he could have the most control. My side piece would be the Philadelphia 76ers. Because, I, well, A, I don't think none of these are a good fit for him. But I think Philly is a slightly better fit for him than Houston is. And for that reason, Houston is my crazy ex. I just cannot <laughs> imagine that working out. I cannot imagine LeBron, Harden, Paul. and Chris Paul working out on the same team. I just I cannot imagine. It was hard for me to imagine how they were working out with Chris Paul and Harden. This, you will need two basketball. That's the way I see it. So let's go to the next up in wifey side piece of crazy X. If LeBron leaves Cleveland, who is your favorite? to win the Eastern Conference, Boston, Toronto, or Philadelphia? Who are you wifing in the Eastern Conference? Who's your side piece and who's your crazy ex? Boston is is the wife because you're going to get Gordon Haywood back along with Kyrie Irving. You push Cleveland up to out to a seven-game series without Gordon Haywood and Kyrie Irving, so they're only going to get a lot better uh, with both of those guys back. A side piece would be Philadelphia had my other choice, so I, I'd go there with those guys. I, I, like I said, I still I love Ben Simmons with the size that he has, the court vision that he has. He just has to work on his shooting, and I think he, he's going to be, get better. He's yeah. going to be something, man. He's going to be special. He moves about the court just so easily, and it seems like he can do just about what he wants to do. He's kind of lax, but when he decides he wants to do some things, he can do it in such an easy fashion. He, he's an impressive, oh, impressive man, he, player. He, he, he's great, and he's only going to get better. I, I wait to that third or fourth year. He's going to, man, he's going to be, be tearing it up. Oh, yeah. be his league. So your crazy ex is Toronto? Toronto. Right now, I think they're in disarray right now with uh, the DeMar DeRozan deal, firing Dwayne Casey. I don't think that's right now is a stable uh, situation. situation for anybody. Yeah, now. and I agree with you all the way around. I think Boston is my wifey. Philadelphia is my side piece. And, and Toronto, until they figure out what they're doing, I'm not sure that that's going to work out for him. Right. Finally, in wifey side piece of crazy X, with or without LeBron, which one of these three teams has the best shot at derailing the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference? Houston, San Antonio, or the Lakers? Who are you wifing up? I, I love Greg Popovich, and, and that, that factor right there is Kawhi get, Leonard. Get, get Kawhi healthy. That's the – the Marcus Aldridge playing good basketball. Yeah, LA, LA really stepped it up. I mean, now imagine that the LeBron could end up on one of these three teams. Yeah. So, who has the best shot? 
to derail the Golden State Warriors. If you have Kawhi Leonard back and L.A. keeps playing like he's doing, LaMarcus Aldridge kind of like the Spurs. So you wifing up the Spurs. Yeah, because I, I love Greg Popovich, how he coaches that group. I think he did an excellent job this year with the Murray kid at the point guard and just putting pieces together and still being relevant and being a factor without your be- your best basketball player on that team, I think that they would be the best team to derail them. And so your side piece would be Houston or L.A., which one? Houston. Okay, tell the me Rockets. why. I mean, the Rockets have a lot of firepower, and they, they gave them their best punch this year, which, like I say, it took them, like we all say, it took them seven games. And I said this, I don't know if people can remember, and it happened. And I spoke with my best friend on this deal, Chris Paul, the injury part. And the hamstring. You talked about it. You you said it before it happened. Yeah, and with the injuries that he have to that hamstring every year. And it just happened to happen at that crucial time in the playoffs and in, in those Western Conference finals. That would be my side piece. And your crazy ex? You got to be the Lakers. What about with LeBron? LeBron? Uh, <laughs> well, we, we don't know he's going. There. We don't, but let's let's pretend for but the sake still, of the conversation that he is. Still won't have enough. He's going <laughs> to have to get some people to go with him, but question is who wants to play with him. I totally disagree with you. I think Houston came close. They have having a big lead in game six and game seven. But hold on. Remember, Spurs were up on these guys with Kawhi before he got hurt. But Kawhi wasn't there. We don't know what that relationship will be. I'm saying you got to show love to the team that almost beat the Golden State Warriors. They were up 3-2 and, remember, and lost. And they rem- were up 3-2 with big leads in the in game six and game seven. So I'm wifing them to, to dethrone the Golden State now, Warriors. Didn't Kawhi and that group beat the Rockets? That was the year before, man. They didn't have Chris Paul then. So, again, Houston I'm wifing. I think the San Antonio Spurs, I, that's my side piece because, again, if Kawhi is back, if his head is right, the best coach in the NBA, to me, clearly, you can talk yeah. about Brad Stevens all you want, is Greg Popovich. Yeah. So if that if my Kawhi gets his life right and everything is cool in that, on that front, uh, and we'll have to see if they if what happens with Parker, Ginobili, and if the upgrades or moves they make around that. But I, I, that would be my side piece. And the Los Angeles Lakers, with or without LeBron, that's my crazy ex. So with that, it's time to go to the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. He was a big dummy. And that goes to a person in the world of sports who, again, I still every week I want to still give it to J.R. Smith. But <laughs> I won't this week. I will give it to a guy named Gerard Brooks. Now, who is Gerard Brooks, you say? Gerard Brooks is a UFC fighter who was fighting a first-time UFC guy, a guy making his UFC debut. Needless to say, Jared, uh, Gerard Brooks, or Jared Brooks, he lost the fight. But it's not that he lost the fight. It's how he lost the fight. He knocked himself out. He said, well, how does a guy knock himself out? Well, he went to make a move to slam a guy on his back he didn't tuck his head and hit his head on the canvas at the same time the guy's body hit, and he knocked himself out, and the guy jumped on him and hit him with three or four punches, and the officials called the, the fight over. And Jer- Jared or Gerard, Jared Brooks, it's Jared. I, I wrote it wrong. Couldn't read my own handwriting. But Jared Brooks, for that reason, you are the Lamont Award recipient, and you are a big dummy. You big dummy. 
To a segment that we call birthdays, some celebrity birthdays, and then some birthdays of some folks we want to acknowledge. And first and foremost, not in the sports world, but Prince would have had his 60th birthday today. I saw that everybody had Prince all over social media. Yes, and I played yeah. Prince. I did a Prince mini concert last night inside the Friday Express. So, uh, happy, happy birthday to the late great Prince. Gone. But never forgotten. My friend Shelly Wade took the she made the trek to uh Minneapolis to I guess go to Paisley Park or whatever whatever she's doing on the print tour. But I know that that's a this is a tough, tough time for a lot of people because they have such an emotional connection to Prince. But happy birthday uh to Prince. Also Lindsey Vaughn has a birthday, the former Miss uh Tiger Woods. She uh, had a birthday this week, Olympic skier. The late great Thurman Munson from the the, the uh, New York Yankees, the catcher who got killed in a plane crash, posthumously. Uh, we wish him a very happy birthday. AI had a birthday this week, man. AI, Allen Iverson. You, you know what happened also the this answer, week? The answer, man. That's the answer there. Yeah. You know what else happened this week? What? The the play where he stepped over Tyron uh, Tyron Luke. <laughs> And, and you know the famous play. Yeah. Uh, and also, Bobby Mitchell, a Hall of Famer who played behind Jim Brown and then went on to a Hall of Fame career himself. And happy birthday to him. Bjorn Borg, my very favorite tennis player of all time. Love Bjorn Borg. Really? Man, that was my guy. I could not stand John McEnroe. Uh, so, McEnroe or Connor? McEnroe? I didn't like either one of them. I didn't like any, but, but Bjorn Borg was my favorite. That was my guy. And he just, you know, hey, McEnroe caught up with him, and he couldn't beat him. And and essentially that was the end of that rivalry after McEnroe finally caught up to him. And that was sort of the end of uh, a great documentary about McEnroe and Borg. Those two were really fierce competitors. And Dickie V, a primetime player. Dick uh, Vitale. Yeah, what's, what's his phrase? The P- a BTP or PTP. PTP, primetime player. That's yes. it. And he had a birthday this week. And also, happy birthday to my cousin, Victoria Wheeler. She, look, let me tell you, you what she did for me. She's celebrating the Washington Capitals, I'm sure, that, because she lives in the D.C. area. And also, guess what she got me, man? She got me a throwback Earl Campbell jersey. I was so surprised for no reason, just because she loved me. And I, I, I love her and appreciate her for that. And that is at, at the white Houston Oilers jersey, the Earl Campbell. And I don't even rock a lot of uh, jerseys. I got that Earl Campbell, man. And I don't know if I'll ever wear it. I'll probably frame it, man, because that, that's one of my favorite players of all time. You ain't going to wear Earl's? No, nah, I ain't going to wear it, man. I'll put it up on, in my in my man cave. How about that? Also, happy birthday to Tiffany Skinner. She is a Kansas City Royals fan. She's a hockey fan. She's an all-around sports fan. She chimes in. She loves you, Kevin. She loves you on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast and on the show. So happy, happy birthday, happy birthday Tiffany. Happy birthday. My nail Diamond, my boy Diamond. Diamond is having a birthday or had a birthday this week. So happy, happy birthday to him did as well. Did he have a party? I don't know if Diamond did. I didn't get invited if he did. But nonetheless, those are our birthdays. And for those folks, happy birthday. Everybody sing with me now. Just for the birthday, people. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Happy birthday, happy birthday. With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, Kev, any final thoughts from you? 
Hey, just want to say, hey, thank you very much. Hey, uh, wonderful ride from October up man, until uh, now, man, with those Golden State Warriors. You know, we got to end, man. We got to get you whatever you took last week. What did you eat for breakfast last week? I, we need to retrace those steps because whatever you did last Saturday, you have never brought more energy and passion to the show hey, than you man. did last week. Hey, man, I, 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 I felt it last week, and I, I had some stuff on my chest because I was tired of hearing that stuff. I wanted to put it to sleep. Man, you cussed and everything, man. Yeah, did I cuss? You made the deacon blush. Did I cuss? Well, I edited it out. I, I, did I, I cut? I, I don't it. use such language. Uh, well, you did online last night. No, you were on. See, that's what it was. See, last night you got it in. Yeah, and I did. So now you have nothing night. for Saturday I got, morning. I, I got it in last night, man. I, 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 I how those, how do see? I have to try to keep up with the those verbs that those youngsters use. Oh, I, 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 went, I, I went all in last night. You that's did. it. You, you went hard in the. Paint. Hey, man, look. I, before we get off here, this is what I want to say. When are we gonna stop the LBJ and MJ comparison? Well, I, we did that. Last, we talked about that yeah. last week. How I was sick of that, and I think we need to but, stop that. But well, now we need to stop it with the performance he put out there last night. The effort. Well, that he, he kind of quit. And boy, Stephen A. Smith was on. He was really tripping. Like, okay, it, it was clear that they quit. But let's not take away from the performance of Golden State. Yeah, Cleveland clearly quit. But talk about that Monday last night. You should have been talking about and celebrating the champs. But he was on a tirade, and a lot of people are criticizing him. You and Stephen A. are a lot alike in that people are criticizing how much you guys are criticizing LeBron. So, uh, you know, so, and I was, I was like, man, is he still going on about LeBron? He went off last night. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna go back and revisit that part of it because that's the only part that I didn't watch. Oh, you would have loved it, and I know I will love it a little later on. I'm gonna go back and watch that one, but I was watching the game, and I'm glad I did. I wasn't the only one. I noticed that those guys, to me, I'm like body language. They just shut down, they quit. man. They quit early too. Didn't contest, yeah. And you and you knew it. They knew when they didn't get game one, it was over. I think. And then again, you know, they had opportunities. And you know, once they lost game three, that was a wrap. I thought that they would get one game out of it, but Golden State clearly wanted to sweep him, yeah. and they did. And, they and I didn't it. say them; I said him. Now, one last thing: Do you consider this Golden State team as a dynasty? Three out of four, I think. That's in a, a row, but it's two in a row, and three out of four. And I, I think as a modern-day dynasty, this is probably as much of a dynasty as you're going to get. I don't see – I don't know the NBA – What if, you, if they if come back and win another one? They come back and win another one. Yeah, they, you're a dynasty. I mean, you're a dynasty now for modern times. But compared to, of course, uh, the Celtics, talk about the, the, the Bulls, what they were able to do six and eight years. Uh, There's work to be done. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see and let, let ju- history judge – them so how can okay. folks get to you you can you can reach me at alan alan ron 10 that's alan alan ron 10 on twitter you can always catch up with me on my facebook feed uh, i love comments hey just hit the notification button so when i go live you get that notification and tune in and hit the share button also on this podcast we want to get this out to everybody so share it with your friends like like they say when Devin was in the clubs real tough Tell a friend, bring a friend. <laughs> hey, <laughs> get it out there. You know, yeah, so. well, like I said, man, it's a whole lot of fun. And you're at Allen Allen Ronten. Look for yeah. you on Facebook because that was entertaining uh, when you go live. Yeah. Want to remind folks if you have birthdays, you can send them to me. If you have music that you want to send, if you're a fledgling artist, if you know a DJ who mixes, 
If, whoever you are as an artist, send us your stuff, and we will highlight you and make you our featured artist. Uh, this week, again, want to thank DJ Malone from Chicago. Does a great job. He's our almost our in-house DJ. Love what he does. I certainly appreciate him and what he brings to the table. Also want to thank our sponsor, CoBank Homes. Want to thank you guys for spending part of your time listening to us, whether you're in traffic, exercising, or just sitting there staring at your uh, smartphone. We certainly appreciate the love. Want to remind you to like, share, subscribe, and tell friends about the podcast. And very soon, we will be out and about. We'll tell you about that next time. So for Kevin Allen, this has been Episode 60 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And as always, have a great day. Damn, DJ Malone. This is a DJ Malone world premiere.